0: Well, it's so good to see each of you again, and uh, uh, are you ready for this week? Yep, I see some saying yes, some are not really ready to commit to an answer on that yet. But uh, we are so glad that you are here with us today on this Sunday uh, before Christmas, and I know uh, you have a lot going on. As we've mentioned earlier in the lighting of the candles a moment ago, as we have been preparing as a church for Christmas, and as we thought about the prophets and the angels and the shepherd, the Magi. This morning, I want us to look at Christmas through the eyes of the Magi. Again, I know there's a lot of different people who look at it different ways. But, you know, something for us to consider this morning as we look at this time together Jesus has come. And when we think about Jesus and that he has come as a child, has he come to this earth, how will that affect you in your future? Not only are we here today, the Sunday before Christmas, we're also here facing a new year, facing 2019, coming right around the corner. And as we think of that, Is Jesus part of your future? Is Jesus part of your future? Because what kind of future do you have without Jesus Christ? You know, there's a lot of people living their lives like that. There's a lot of people thinking, well, I can do whatever because it's up to me. Well, I want you to know that your future is tied in or should be to Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is not part of your future, then your future is not as bright as you think. You know, the last two weeks on Wednesday nights when the adults are here in the, in the sanctuary, we have been using excerpts from a movie called The Experience of Jesus. And in that, we have looked at the life of Mary as she was confronted by the angel Maybe not confront it, but but how the angel came to her. And then how the angel gave her the peace and the understanding that she needed. And then how the angel came to Joseph. Well, I want us to look this morning, if you have your Bibles, if you would, if you will turn with me in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew. And I'd like to begin reading in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Be on the screen, or you can follow along in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Now, when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. Look at verse 5. They knew. It said, in Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and, and there it was the star that had, had been seen in its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was, and when they saw, saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worship him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. You know, as we look at this passage of scripture this morning, and we look at the Magi, you know, a lot, we we know some songs that we have sung about the Magi, and 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 again, if you get into some the, get in some of the theology and some of the writings and so forth, there are, there are questions if there were three, and if there were questions if they rode a camel or if they walked. I can imagine walking nine hundred miles, but but you know, again, all that sometimes. I, I just feel like we don't need to get into all that. But something we do know, that meaning that these men were a class of wise men who worked in the royal court of Persia. Now, you say, Brother Frank, what what does that have to do? Well, let me just say a few things a, a, about that. In other words, from what we do know, these wise men were highly educated. And you say, well, Brother Frank, that's why they were wise. But, but, but they were highly educated, and, and they had... They had um, uh, strong interest in astrology and, and interpreting uh, special signs. They were interested in the stars, uh, and and also something that I didn't realize is that the Magi also studied the scripture of different religions to try to predict the future. Now, as they studied and they were open to different uh, religions and studying about that. I know some would say, oh, if they're studying other religions, let's get rid of them. But, you know, again, they saw the star. And how did they know? How did they know that this star would guide them to the king of the Jews? Now, the magi, the magi went from the Persian Empire, which is what we know today as Iran, Iran. Okay, is what we know now. If you just think of that landscape of Iran and Bethlehem, that's a big difference. Big difference. And as I've already said, it's some nine hundred miles. But but I, I, I want you to, to to think with me. Remember. Some 600 years earlier, the children of Israel had been brought into bondage by the Babylonians. Remember them? And they were brought into what now was the Persian Empire. Now, I I, I say all that to, 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 to remind us... Here we find that where the wise men came from was the same area that the children of Israel were in 600 years earlier because of the Babylonians that had conquered Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and brought Israel into its darkest moment. Now you think about it. You think of that moment where Israel was in its darkest moment, but at the same time, these wise men came from that same area. Now, as you also think of that, think with me a moment. Remember, there were some young men that were brought into the Babylonian exile. One of them was Daniel. Remember him? He was in that exile. He was in the Babylonian territory. He was in what we they knew now as Persia. And, and Daniel, well, God used Daniel, didn't he? Even though Daniel's God, quote, wasn't being worshipped by all the people. Daniel was worshipping God. And isn't it interesting that when you go over to Daniel chapter 2 and you look at verse 48, you find this verse. And it's not, you know, sometimes we 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 forget how God works things. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 48 it says, Then the king placed Daniel, this is the king of the Babylonian empire, The king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon, the Babylonian area, and placed him, look at this, and placed him in charge of all the wise men. 600 years before, Daniel, God's servant, was in charge of all the wise men. Do you believe a seed could have been planted 600 years before these wise men went on a journey looking at a star? Let me tell you, God doesn't just roll the dice and say, well, let's see what happens. God has a plan. And God had a plan then. And even in Israel's worst Scenario. When Israel was in bondage, God still had a plan. And God used a man named Daniel. And Daniel, a foreigner, was placed in charge of all the wise men. Let me tell you, that just, just happened. God has a plan. And as we look at that and and we see this taking place, let's let's be reminded that in the darkest moments of their lives, and and even the darkest moments of your life, Christ still shines. Amen? Christ is still the Lord. And we need to be reminded that God is at work then you say, well, Brother, Brother Frank, God was at work back then. But what about today? Brothers and sisters, God is still at work. Amen? God is still at work. In our next service, at 11 o'clock, we have a young man being baptized. Let me tell you, God is still at work. We see every day, Brother Preston and Tara in our preschoolers, and, and, and we see those young minds and, 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 and how th- the different thoughts are going in their minds. Let me tell you, God is still at work. When those men from St. Matthew's come and sit over there and get all next to Martha Ray. Let me tell you, those men from St. Matt's who are here because they're trying to beat the battle of drugs and alcohol. And as they have shared, God is still at work. But let me tell you something. You don't have to be a little child and you don't have to be someone who has an addiction. What about just a normal person? Do you need a God that's still at work? Yes, we do, don't we? Yes, we do. God is at work. I can't believe that Jacob, my friend, is going to be 10 on Wednesday. I remember getting the call. It seemed like just the other day that we were getting a surprise. Well, not a total surprise, but he was coming early. And I remember, but God is at work. Our God is still working today. And, you know, even with the Magi, God was at work even before these guys were even around. 600 years before, God was at work. How many years before we even were around? God was at work to place certain people in our lives. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that God is, is calling us to, 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 to move and, and to move forward and 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 these magi, the first thing they had to do as they determined that this star was something that they saw rising up, they had to risk everything in the sense of their Reputation; They had to risk their own lives in the sense because 900 miles in that day wasn't just a little easy journey. Can you imagine what could have gone wrong? 900 miles in that day. And so the first thing, they, they took a, an awesome risk. And they traveled. Because of the rising star they saw. Because of maybe words that were mentioned years ago by Daniel and others, and they took that risk. And then, as they traveled, and then they came to King Herod. Now, let me tell you, remember, King Herod was part of the Roman Empire, and in that day, the Roman Empire, you didn't want to fool with them. And King Herod was called King Herod the Great. And that was because King Herod wouldn't let anything stop him from being King Herod the Great. And you can imagine the magi coming in and said, "We're coming to see the King of the Jews in King Herod's own backyard." King Herod wasn't that thrilled as we know in the story. there was a risk they could have been killed right then there was a risk that that the king could have just wiped out those wise men, but you know in life they are a risk that we need to take. My brother and his that well, not my little brother, but a brother and his wife that are here today visiting. They were telling me in the short time we had before the service about the mission trips that they had been on. Let me tell you, you go on any mission trip today, there's a risk. But you know, we all face that risk and the Magi faced that risk. But they went on and they were called of God and God used them. And they went to Bethlehem. This morning, I just want us to see that, you know, Christmas, there's a risk involved. But, oh, it's worth it. The second thing that I want you to see as the Magi approached this rising star and came to find Jesus is that they also experienced generosity. As the Magi, as they found Jesus and they found their place, we know the story, they brought gold. And they brought frankincense, and we brought myrrh, and they brought myrrh. And those were precious commodities. They were precious things. But you know what I'm also reminded of? Remember the, the verse we, we say so quick sometimes, you know, in John three sixteen, for God? What? That he gave. He gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. These wise men came and they gave of these precious things. But let's remember our Lord and what God has done for us and how he gave us his son. Generosity. You know, today in our world today, we give gifts and presents and we give. And, you know, sometimes the mentality is, well, I'll give you something if you give me something. Now we say, well, that, that, that's not true. Look under my glasses there, you know. Um, But, you know, gifts. Do we have something to be generous about? You know, I'm reminded again in the Bible. And that's why, again, as you read the Bible, it's all intertwined. What about the widow's might? She gave all that she had. Others would look at it and scoff at it. Probably today, if the widow's mite was on the floor, people would just walk by just like we do with pennies on the floor today. Oh, pennies. Nothing. But you know, God gave us something. And, and what about us? Have you noticed something? Have you noticed that sometimes the tightest, most selfish People in the world are the most unhappy and miserable people of the world. They're always afraid someone's going to find out how rich they are. They're always afraid that someone's going to ask them for money. They're going to hold on to it and hold on to it and hold on to it. But at the same time, they're the most unhappy and miserable people on this earth. I know of experience of a gentleman. By the world's standards, he was rich. When he died, he had millions. But the way he lived, he lived tight fist to take out a dollar out of his billfold was agony. But he took his own life because he didn't think he had anything to live for. Guys, look at the greatest gift we've been given. You know how I mentioned a moment ago, Jesus has come to us. And Jesus is our future. The gift that God gave us at Christmas is the greatest gift there will ever be. And, and that gift... What are we doing with it? What are we doing with that gift? In Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11, it says, "Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness, and you will be enriched in every way for all generosity which produce things given to God through him." You say, well, Frank, what, what, what are you getting into? A tithing message now? Let me tell you something, and you've heard this, and you've heard, you can't outgive God, right? Never can. But when these wise men came, they brought what they could, and they brought it, and they gave generously. And they were blessed for the privilege. I have read stories. I've seen this firsthand. This time of year, I know that you have received a lot of different um, people asking for money. Maybe it's missionaries. Maybe it's other organizations that you support through the year. Maybe it's this church, even though I didn't send you a letter. um, uh, You know, asking for money. But once there was a gentleman, he got a letter from a missionary friend. And he was good friends with the missionary. And it was at Christmas time, and the missionary was saying how they needed a little extra at this time and how difficult it was. And, 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 and so, this gentleman, he just, at that, when he read the letter, he just felt like he needed to do something. And he said, I'm going to give $500 to this missionary. Well, the next day, when he got over to his desk and he wrote out the check, for some reason, he said, I just wrote out $1,000. Not that I had it handy, but I just felt led. Just send him $1,000 instead of 500 And so he, he put, wrote the check, put it in an envelope, and sent it off. Next day, in the, as he was at work, he was called into the office, which sometimes is not a good thing. But he was, he was called into the office, and his boss was saying, you know, we appreciate the work you've done. Uh, your department has, uh, you know, overachieved. And so we are giving you personally uh, a bonus of $1,000. You said, oh, preacher, that's just a cute story. That's true. That's a true story. Again, it just shows generosity. That's why this time of year we see different acts. But, you know, it shouldn't be just this time of year. We should. Should Christians be generous people? We should be. We should be generous people. But the third thing that I want you to see this morning about the magi, they risked everything they were generous, but when they got to the place where Jesus was, what did they do? They bowed down, it says, and they worshiped him. They worshiped him I, I want us to see today the importance of worshiping. I know there 's great debate sometimes we get into uh, about worship, but what is worship? Worship, in this case, is bowing down before our God and thanking Him for what He has done. Worship should be something that we would always want to do, is to worship God, to return to that place, to, to see what God has done for us. Or we people who love to worship? We should be. In the next few weeks... Well, not even in a few weeks. There will be people crowding into stadiums to watch their teams play in championships. You say, well, preacher, that's not worship. Uh, well, I understand that, but tell some of those fans that. Um, worship. Worshiping God. Is he worthy to Worship. Absolutely, absolutely, we should worship him. This morning, what have we done? Have we humbled ourselves? Have we bowed our hearts before Christ? Are we allowing God to be part of our lives, or are we just let him come alongside sometimes? As we face the future and as we face 2019, are we going to allow Christ to be part of that? And live with us. See, the Magi saw those things and they worshiped him. I, I hope and pray that we are willing to worship our God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your love this morning and Lord, I pray that we would see the importance of worshiping you. Lord, that we would see that you are the only one, truly, that we should worship in all that we do. Lord, I pray that we would see as the Magi traveled, they showed us the importance of risking and doing those things that are right and the generosity of sharing. And Lord, I just ask that you would guide us this morning. Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen.